This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. While our team of tax pros are well-versed in all things tax, our areas of expertise include rental real estate and equity compensation. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. At Capital Area Tax Consultants, we believe in pricing transparency and flat fees. Before engaging with us, you'll receive an upfront quote in black and white with a description of any services to be performed. This way, there are no hidden surprises. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Welcome to the Tech Money Podcast, where the worlds of technology and personal finance collide. Hosted by certified financial planner, speaker, blogger, and self-proclaimed personal finance nerd, Malcolm Etheridge. Each episode aims to make you just a little bit smarter about your money, all from the perspective of the tech professional. Without further delay, here's your host. Hey there, listeners. Eric with an A here. And today we're bringing you a special episode of the Tech Money Podcast. As you know, aside from hosting this podcast, Malcolm has a day job as a certified financial planner, helping clients analyze and take action on some of their most complex financial decisions. And as you can imagine, one of the most intricate of such conversations where financial planners get involved the most tends to be the one around purchasing or refinancing a home. Thus, Malcolm recently began working with a team at Fortis Mortgage as a strategic consultant, where he lends his expertise and perspective in helping borrowers with unique and sometimes challenging financial structures understand and navigate the mortgage landscape. In keeping with the ultimate goal of this show, to help close the information gap when it comes to personal finance, Malcolm will be inviting you, the listening audience, to sit in on conversations between himself and Fortis's Director of Business Development, Desiree Ragusi, where together they will discuss a particular mortgage topic, giving you some real-world examples and the perspective of the lender, underwriter, and loan originator in a series we're calling Office Hours with Desiree and Malcolm. So with that, Desiree, Malcolm, take it away. Hey folks, thanks for joining us. I'm Malcolm Etheridge, that's Desiree Ragusi, and this is Office Hours. And on this episode, we're talking about the advantages and disadvantages of refinancing your home's mortgage. These days, not only are we experiencing record low interest rates, we're also seeing home prices that are constantly on the rise, at least it seems that way, according to Zillow, Redfin, and the other home sourcing websites. And this has created a sort of perfect storm for people wanting to refinance their mortgage for a number of reasons. But although it's obvious to mortgage professionals the reasons why you might want to refinance and reconfigure the terms of your home's mortgage, it's not necessarily as obvious to those outside of the mortgage business. So today, that's what we'll be discussing, the basics of how a refinance works, as well as some scenarios in which a refinance might make sense for you. So before we get started, Desiree, how are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing well. Uh, so to get us started off, what are some reasons why a person might want to refinance their mortgage in the first place? Great question. I think the basic ones are to change their rate, mm-hmm. right? To change the term of their mortgage. If they won't need to pull out equity, so it's like cash out. Mm-hmm. 
And then obviously if they're in a position to drop off their, um, like their private mortgage insurance off of the loan would be another Mm. one. Okay. So let's take those one by one for a second. So a better rate, that's pretty obvious, you know, rates, maybe when you bought your house five years ago, let's say 10 years ago, whatever could have been at 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%. You could have been in a different financial position, took it out with a higher interest rate, whatever was going on. Now rates have come down one or 2% and you want to save a few dollars every month by refinancing. So is that what you mean essentially by better rate? Correct. Now, better term might cover a whole slew of different things, but what essentially do you mean by you know better terms? Well, maybe not better terms, but changing the term of your mortgage. So we do have a lot of uh, clients that come in and say, okay, you know, my original was a 30 year fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we've been in the home for five years. I'm making more money. I want to look at a 15 year fix mm-hmm. or a 20 year, right? Um, they want to pay off that loan faster. So there's an opportunity there to just change the terms of the schedule. So maybe my payment is going to be about the same, but I'm going to own the house outright 15 years sooner, 10 years sooner, something like that. Possibly depending on what your original uh, rate was. Yeah, absolutely. Or you may only be paying, you know, a hundred more dollars, but you just shaved off seven years of the loan. Mm-hmm. So there's something else you mentioned in there, PMI. Mm-hmm. First define it, right? Jargon alert. And then tell us like why I even care to refinance to get rid of PMI. Why would I want to yeah. get rid of it? So your mortgage insurance, right? So if you originally purchased the home with less than 20% down, you're going to have mortgage insurance. So we see a lot of individuals that maybe they purchased three or four years ago, but they have gained a ton of equity in this market on their house. So they refinance that. And now once they've refinanced, against the um, the value of their home with the base loan amount. Now they've dropped below that, uh, you know, 79%. And now they can drop off that mo- monthly mortgage insurance payment. And for some, that could be a couple hundred dollars. And then the last one you mentioned was uh, cash out, right? I, I might want to take some some cash out of the house, which is one I've I've heard quite a few times people saying like, oh, I refinanced my house. That means I, I got money back is the way yeah. that people will term it, which isn't necessarily the case, right? It's <laughs> right. <laughs> shifted it from one side to the other, right? But yeah. could you explain a little bit about the cash out and why that might be attractive to some people? Absolutely. So we have customers that take cash out. The equity in their home mm-hmm. affords them the ability to take cash out against that. you know, And they use that cash for various reasons. Maybe they want to pay off debts, consolidate those debts. Maybe they need to pay tuition for a child. Maybe they want to use that and put it towards a vacation property. We just talked a lot about that on a previous podcast. Um, So they're able to really use those funds for whatever they they need it to be for. But there we have we could see everything with that. So just a matter of what the what the client uh, is looking to utilize that for. Yeah. So that could have been a dumb question. Why would people want cash? Well, for whatever reason <laughs> we use cash for, right? God knows how much, but one of the ones that you mentioned, I'm hearing more popularly or more frequently, I should say than ever is the cash out to consolidate debt. So yeah, people have yeah. credit card debt, for example, it's at double digit interest rates in a lot of cases and rates right now, maybe they have a three handle on them. And so you'd see the comparison, right? I've got $20,000, say, of credit card debt where I could refinance, take $20,000 out of the house, and now I'm paying it back 
over a 30 year period, presumably, right? In some cases. Mm-hmm. And I'm also paying for it at three something percent interest versus 15, 18, 22, 20 percent, right? Uh, percent. Exactly. So that's a very popular one that I'm, 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 I'm seeing. And then it probably is always popular, but I'm seeing it more frequently now because like I said, in a lot of cases, home values are, are going up because we have this buying uh, frenzy that we've been in for the last year and a half or so since COVID really uh, kicked off. And it's pushing up the home values of people who aren't even necessarily interested in selling and moving anywhere else anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm seeing the attitude of, well, I'll get while the getting is good. I will you know, be strategic here, take a few dollars out of the house with the new you know, newly created value in my home and pay off some debts or whatever else, uh, you know, I might, might decide to do. And what's interesting about that subsequently is it does also help improve your credit score, which is kind of counterintuitive if you think about it, right? Like I'm refinancing and the terms I get in the refi are going to be based on my current credit file. Mm -hmm. But if I were to do a cash out, take that same $20,000, pay off those credit cards, my credit card debt disappears. So now my credit score has increased. And that's when I would love to be able to, to refi is when my score is at its all time high. Uh, but I guess you can't have your cake and, and eat it too uh, in, <laughs> in all worlds. Uh, right. But anyway, so I, I got kind of off on a tangent on the cash out, but uh, really what I, I, I wanted to uh, move to Uh, from there is sort of the LTV requirements, the loan to value requirements, right? For refinance, are they any different from a person person who's purchasing a house versus refinancing, or is it going to be about the same? There are some changes, right? Depending on what type of loan you had, what type of down payment, again, you could have done a three and a half or a three or a 5% down payment, uh, which, you know, your LTVs would be, uh, would show that. But when you do a rate term refinance, um, you're going to have to have a maximum, or you will only be able to have a maximum, I should say, of 90% LTV. If you're going to do a cash out, that's going to be a maximum of 80% LTV. And again, this is, we're just talking about single family primary residences. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the 90 and 80. Again, though, we do have to show if you're going to do a rate and term mm-hmm. refinance, we have to have a change in the rate or a change in the term. So it, it's, we got to some show some value to that somewhere along the way. And so again, if you're working with a mortgage professional, obviously uh, it, someone who um, is trustworthy and is going to go through that process with you, they're not going to convince you. We could talk a little bit, I think in later in this about obviously, is it worth it? Cause it's going to cost you money. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that. What are what about fees? Does it cost me anything to refinance my mortgage? Of course, right? It's the same process to refinance. It's going to cost you money just like when you purchase. Now, the cost associated may not be as high. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you again, I tell when people are going to purchase for your, you know, for those closing costs, probably stick to around that two and a half percent of okay. the value of your loan, right? So same concept for a refinance probably plan for about two and a half percent. Now, the good news is with a refinance, you're able to build the costs of that refinance into the loan. So if you don't have, yeah, if you don't have that two and a half percent to do the, to do that refinance, you can build that into the loan, making that loan, uh, the base loan is going to go up slightly, 
Um, but that might be a greater value to somebody in that moment who may be getting still seeing a reduction in their payment by a couple hundred dollars by doing the refinance. So is that typical? Is it usually that folks will just roll the closing costs back into the new loan versus taking cash out of their bank account to, to make it happen? Honestly, I see both. Mm. It's kind of divided. Some folks say, no, I, I want to pay the that at the closing table. And some say, no, I, I don't want to pay a, a single cent. I want to roll it all into the loan. So it just, it really depends on the financial situation of each borrower. Interesting. And, and also built in there, I know uh, from going through this process with some financial planning clients in the past, mm-hmm. that there's going to be a trade-off where the escrow still exists, right? So I've got the escrow on the loan I'm currently in, right? Because these things are paid a year in advance. And then I've got the prepayment of the escrow on the new loan. And a lot of times I've seen where people get freaked out about that and say, well, I'm paying twice, essentially, right? And it's my understanding that what happens is you go into the new escrow, you pay that one a year in advance, and then you get refunded a prorated amount of whatever you haven't used on the other side, the current loans escrow. Did I did I say that right? You said that correct. Yeah. There, and if there's nothing for that old escrow account to pay out into, then yeah, you're going to, the, the money will get refunded from the title sure. company. So let's shift gears a little bit. Is there yeah. a point where it may not make sense to refinance? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Right. Again, we just talked about it. There's a couple different things. One, you have to make sure that whatever lender your current mortgage is with, you've mm-hmm. reached a period where, you know, I would say a rule of thumb is probably about six months. So again, we've mentioned this in a previous podcast. It's not just about time frame. It's usually counting down in days. So call your lender, ask what that period of time is mm-hmm. to where you can go out and, and refinance the loan. Um, and they'll give you that exact date so that you don't get a like a prepayment penalty on, mm. on the loan. Um, so again, may not be worth it if you still have, you know, 120 days left. Another thing is not enough equity in the house, right? Yep. So again, if you... Uh, you know, things really just kind of stayed where they were. And then you've been making those payments and maybe it is a year, but there, the market hasn't increased very much and you can't get yourself to that 90% loan to value because you started with 3% or something to that extent, then yeah, again, we're, it's probably not going to make sense for you at that time. Need to get a couple more payments um, and build up that equity a little bit more. And it sounds like you're leaning toward the phrase I would use called the break-even point, right? So there is a point at which on that new loan that you took out in the first place to get into the house, right? Or maybe you refinanced already. And it was so recently that you haven't hit the point at which you've broken even on the money that you spent to get that new loan versus reaping the benefits of being in that loan. So your monthly payment, as an example, you mentioned a couple hundred dollars a month savings, right? So maybe you refinanced, you save $200 a month, that's going to get you $2,400 a year, which means you've got to incorporate X amount of years before that $2,400 adds up to whatever it costs you putting into that new mortgage for closing costs and associated fees and all that kind of stuff that I did I say that one properly? It, yeah, you're spot on. So if you're only saving $75, $100 a month, and it's going to take you seven years to get the return on the investment based off of those closing costs to refinance, I always ask clients, are you going to be in the house in seven years? Yeah. Because if you're not, then it's not worth it, right? You have We have to make sure that that reduction in 
whatever you're getting towards makes sense. So yeah, I think it's again, planning, having the conversation, looking at the numbers, making sure that it's right for you. Let's shift gears once again and and, mm-hmm. and get into a couple of success stories. I'm sure you've got a ton because everybody has mm. been refinancing these days. But could you share a story or two where, you know, maybe a client came to you complaining about their current monthly payment, as an example, we just, you know, got done talking about that, or maybe they didn't realize they had a decent bit of equity in the house already uh, built up in the home. And, you know, maybe how you helped educate them on the ways a refi could save them, you know, a few dollars every month to make the home more affordable. Yeah. I would say you're spot on. It's been a lot of refis in the last year and, you know, every single one of them are great. If we're able to help a client reduce their payment and reap the benefits of a lower rate, then, you know, that's what makes my job great. I would say the one that comes to mind is, um, I had a, a client that, we had started having a conversation about a refinance and really it was just from this client hearing about the interest rate. She's like, I don't know, should I refinance? It seems like it's a, a decent amount lower than what I had from seven years ago. I think when she had purchased the home mm-hmm. and um, you know, to her surprise, not only was, you know, a refinance going to work, she was able to reduce her payment by over $300 a month. Wow. Because we were able to drop her, her mortgage insurance. She had also built from the time she had purchased the house through her, the monthly payments and now getting that house appraised, she had gained, I think it was like $240,000 in equity in the house. Wow. So she had, it had skyrocketed for her in seven years. So, so yeah, there was just a ton of, you know, things that we uncovered through that process. And she was so happy and this afforded her to save that money, but start investing in her retirement. Mm. So it's a, just a, it's a really great opportunity for folks who, again, maybe they feel like, and I'm sure you're going to love this, who feel like either I can't save enough at the end of the month, I'm not putting enough into my retirement account. Take a look at where your mortgage currently is. Cause right now in this market, there may be an opportunity for you to take advantage and so again, having a conversation isn't going to cost you anything. I, I encourage everybody to try to figure out or take advantage of the rates right now if they can. I want to stay there for another moment. And I hope this won't insult anybody's intelligence by me spending extra time on this, but I really want to make sure yeah. that this part is, is abundantly clear because as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking about how many people may not even be aware of this. So we talked about PMI again earlier, uh, uh, mortgage insurance earlier, and a lot of people who have gotten into mortgages where they they bought the house with three three percent down, five percent down, ten percent down, anything less than twenty, right? Mm-hmm. They have PMI in their loan. How do I know though if I'm looking at my statement whether I'm paying PMI or not? Well, it's going to depend on the lender. So it'll depend on that mortgage statement. They'll usually have a breakdown, like a statement breakdown at the bottom of the sheet or middle of that sheet. That's going Mm -hmm. to show you what your payment includes. So, you know, everything that's going into escrow, what is going into your principal, what's going into your interest. It should tell you what is going into that uh, mortgage insurance payment every month on there. And that question was sort of a setup. So here's the <laughs> the other side of it. Is it is it a safe assumption from where you sit that most any person who has mortgage insurance in a loan mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. who then crosses that threshold where they've got at least 20% in equity in the house now built in, whether it's through appreciation of the value of the home or they've made enough monthly payments that they've cut down the principal in that home or some combination of both. Is it is it safe to say that any person in that position is a really good candidate to look at refinancing that mortgage to get rid of the PMI because that's ultimately going to end up reducing your monthly payment just from not having to pay that extra insurance every month? Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think to the you know, if you're, you've just made a ton of payments, right. You've been in the home for 10 years, 10 is even a little much, but I would say that if you've been in the home for a little bit of amount of time Mm -hmm. and with the market, the way it is, if you think, and you've been looking, we all are on Zillow and Redfin and realtor.com looking at all of our neighbor's houses as they're selling. If you feel like maybe over the last three years, four years, your home has built a, a lot of equity it may be worth talking to a mortgage professional about that because your lender is not keeping track of your equity in your house. They're not keeping track of how much it's worth. So you, again, you could have an opportunity where you go in and refinance to drop that off. So I would say absolutely. It is worth exploring. Again, having a conversation doesn't cost you anything, but you know, not dropping your mortgage insurance definitely will if you're able to do so. Awesome. Well, That'll do it for this episode. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for Office Hours. I'm Malcolm Etheridge. She's Desiree Wagusi. And Desiree, remind people where they can find you if they want more information after this goes live or just want to get in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. So Desiree Ragusi on LinkedIn. And you can email me at Desiree at FortisMortgage.com. Awesome. This has been the Tech Money Podcast. For more information on today's topic, to review the show notes, or to catch up on past episodes, be sure to check out malcolmetheridge.com slash podcast. And if you have an idea for a show topic that you'd like us to cover, or you want to send us feedback, the web address again is malcolmetheridge.com. You can also find Malcolm across all social media platforms at Malcolm on Money. This episode was written and created by Malcolm Etheridge with the production, the editing and sound controls powered by Proudmouth. This has been a Malcolm on Money original. Thank you for listening. The information shared in this recording and by its guests represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not represent the views or opinions of the host. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. It is always recommended that you seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your personal financial situation. This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. Our team of certified public accountants and enrolled agents is well versed in the latest tax laws, ensuring that you capitalize on 
every opportunity for strategic tax optimization. We anticipate changes and keep you up to date on opportunities to potentially reduce your tax bill in the future. With a focus on precision and strategic planning, we are your trusted partner both during tax season and throughout the year. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Dot com.